you turn your Bibles to John chapter 3, verse 22. John chapter 3, verse 22. Talked so much about John this morning that we're going to write to the book of John. John chapter 3 in verse 22. The Bible says, After these things came Jesus and his disciples unto the land of Judea, and there he tarried with him and baptized. And John also was baptizing, and in not near of Salem, because there was much water there. And there came, and were baptized. For John was not yet cast into prison. And there arose a question between some of John's disciples and the Jews about purifying. And they, and they came unto John and said unto him, Rabbi, he that was with thee beyond Jordan, to whom thou bearest witness, behold the same baptized, and all men come to him. John answered, he said, A man can't receive nothing except it be given from heaven. Ye yourselves bear, bear me witness that I said, I'm not the Christ, but that I am sent before him. And I'm sorry, verse 20 says, He that had the bride, he had the bride, I'm sorry, he had the bride is the bridegroom, the friend of the bridegroom, which standeth and heareth him, rejoice greatly because of the bridegroom's voice. This is my joy, therefore is fulfilled. He must increase, but I must decrease. Shall we pray, Heavenly Father? Thank you, Lord, for this passage of Scripture. Lord, we started the year with this passage of Scripture, and you laid in my heart to end the year with the same passage of Scripture. I pray, Father, Lord, as, we, as I teach tonight, as we review this uh, verse, Lord, I pray, Father, give me the words tonight may, uh, to enrich the hearts and minds of your people in my heart as well. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. So, for some of you, this message is new. For some of you, you're going to recognize the message because it's not like I didn't have a message to preach tonight. This is the message the Lord impressed on my heart. And the Lord said to me, review. You know what review means? You go back and you review something that you have done. So, <laughs> so we're going to review tonight. It must increase, but I must decrease. All right, so. We had a year of about many days, 365 days, right? That was the year, 366, 365, 365. All right. So that's why we have a jumping on a calendar this coming year because it's 366, right? Because Christmas next year is on a Wednesday instead of a Tuesday. I already checked that up. So anyway, so we had 365 days, let's put it this way, on which... It's been since I preached this message. Now, in 365 days, how much did God increase in your life and you decreased? You follow that? But that's my review. All right, even though I'm going to use the same outline, I'm going to challenge my heart and your heart and you online as well. Either if you ever heard this message, maybe you did, you say, oh, Pastor, you already preached on that message. Well, the purpose of the message is review, is not to preach the same message. It's like, okay, this is where I was when I started the year. This is where I am when I ended the year. Did I decrease 
did he increase or did I increase and he decreased? What happened to us? We don't know. I don't know your heart. I don't. It might be complicated. <laughs> okay. Uh, I, you don't know, I don't know your heart. You don't know my heart. God knows our hearts, right? So that was our vision that we laid for the year. You must increase, I must decrease. We sang about it. We had a little song about it. But honestly speaking, did it, did it did increase in your life? If you look back to the, the days or the months uh, uh, that went by, then would you say, God did increase in many areas of my life. He did. In some areas that he decreased, actually. But in some areas that he did increase. Well, let's, let's review that and see where we are as Christians tonight. And you say, well, Pastor, what about if he decreased in every area? Well, tomorrow's a new day. His mercies are new every morning, right? And we start over again. So, how he must increase and I must decrease. Number one, understand, for, for Jesus to increase and for us to decrease, we must understand who Jesus is. So understand who Jesus is. Who is Jesus? The Bible has hundreds of names for Jesus. Understand who Jesus is means that we have an understanding that each of those names means something. Many men and women who are much, are much better scholars than I could, could ever be, uh, 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 I mean, could ever better explain the names of Jesus better than I can. But there's one thing that I know. Every name that we call in the Bible about the Lord as a meaning, as definition for it, because the people, when the names were put up, the people understood who he was. He is the Lord. He is God Almighty. So, and when, when the, the Johnny, when he said he must increase, he was pointing at the Lord Jesus, he must increase, but I must decrease. So, let's look at letter A. We see the uh, uh, angel's testimony about who this Jesus is. Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. So the first testimony about in the Bible about somebody telling us who Jesus is, is the angel right here, right at his birth, when the angel announced that it, Jesus is God with us. We talk about that this morning. So when the angel talked to, talked to Joseph in a dream, he testifies to him who Jesus is. You know, don't be afraid because he is the Lord, God Almighty. You know, he, incarnation takes place and he's born in the form of a baby. Don't be afraid. You know, many times in the Bible, actually, if you track the word fear, or fear not, he appears many times in the Bible. Here's one thing that we need to understand. As the Lord increases in our lives and we decrease, here's one thing we need. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. You know why? Because the God doesn't want us to be afraid. Sometimes, you know, life is very, very fearful. You agree with me? Sometimes there are situations of life on which we experience fear. You know, it's a natural fear that comes from our, to our hearts, and we, we fearful. We say, like, you know, I'm afraid of this, or I'm afraid of that. I don't like this. I'm uncomfortable about this. It is natural to us to experience that. If we didn't experience some type of a fear, something is wrong with us. Because it's natural to us to experience. You know, sometimes we, have, we experience even fear of to just be on guard. It causes us to be alert. So, but the Bible, when it talks about God, God says to us, Fear not. I don't want you to be afraid of me. Afraid of me. I am your heavenly Father. 
So we see here that Joseph was given the news that he said, fear not, don't fear. So when Joseph hears the angel, uh, tells him that this child is to be named Jesus. It was not like, maybe so, that it was given a name, this is what you're going to call the child, his name is Jesus. It means Jehovah is salvation. So I am sure that Joseph did not understand what was happening at the moment. We still don't understand quite a bit, do we? We preach about it, we study about it, and we still sometimes go, oh, if only if I had a little bit. You know what? Because we're limited in our understanding. But imagine in those days, the Bible was being written. <laughs> and Joseph was part of it. So he, we can look back and look at the story of Christmas and say, oh, what a wonderful story. You know, when you look at John the Baptist when he says, he must increase, he must increase. We understand the concept because we read him. But at that moment, when John said it, he said it with a meaning. He understood who Jesus was. So, this year, did I decrease? Did he increase? Did I increase or did he decrease? It is a question that all of us have to ask ourselves. I cannot answer that question for you. You cannot answer that question for me. That's between you and the Lord. Did he increase? There's some areas that I really, Lord, you did really increase, but some areas, Lord, he did not increase. I still to work. You know what? I like that phrase. He's still working on me. He's still working on me because I'm far from perfect. Okay? So, that's somebody's phone, not mine. Okay? <laughs> so, where was I? So, so, these people understood who Jesus was, and we do understand who Jesus is. And we understand the concept of increasing and decreasing. So let it be, we see a, a, a bold man's testimony. We go into Matthew chapter 16, verse 33. Uh, look what it says in Matthew 16, 33. It says, And when Jesus came to the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that, that I, the Son of Man, am? And he said, and this said, Some say thou art John the Baptist. You see, he asked the question, is a personal question to the disciples, but they take it in the general terms, and they said, oh, this is what people say about you. you John the Baptist. Some say you Elias. Some others say Jeremiah. Uh, some others say some, one other the prophets. Look what it, the way Jesus turns this general question into a personal question. He says, and I say unto them, and he said unto them, who the disciples, but whom say ye? Is that what ye means you? That I am. You see, Jesus wants them to give, uh, give him an understanding and a form of an answer to whom he was. Who is this Jesus? Why should I increase and he decrease? Why should I, uh, well, I'm sorry, why should he increase and I decrease if I have no understanding of who he is? Okay, so when he asked the question, Peter is the one that come with an answer. Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. So when he says that, is another understanding of who Jesus really is. So if he's going, when John the Baptist said that, he said that because he understood who Jesus was. Peter says that, and Peter grasps the meaning of it. He understands that, and I believe you, I, and all of us understand who Jesus is, don't we? Who Jesus is God Almighty. We know who he is. You know, and when John said that, he must increase, we must decrease. It means 
goodness, there's a lot of things in my life that must come down in order for him to be glorified in my life. You know, how long did that take? A lifetime. Don't get, don't get discouraged, okay? It takes a lifetime. Is there areas in our lives in which God has perfect victory? Yes. Some areas he doesn't. And that's the areas on which we must decrease and he must increase. Some people told me today about some victories that they have in their life. And they were so joyful about it. So joyful they shared with me. And he said, I had this. And I, and I was thinking about the message tonight. Oh, yeah, God is increasing in that area. God is increasing in this area. But some other areas, he said, oh, I'm still battling on this one. Well, God didn't have victory on that one yet. All right? So that's what we looking about. So we see these testimonies of these people about who Jesus is. Okay, so let's go to letter C. A zealot Pharisee testimony. Go to Acts chapter 9. You see, we see about people who become to understand and have a, a picture uh, of understanding who Jesus really is. Hey, listen, folks, the majority of our world does not understand who Jesus is. Right. You follow that? They don't understand. Okay, so they read a passage like he must increase, he must increase. They have no clue. Now, right here, what we see. Look at verse chapter, uh, Acts chapter 9, verse 3. And as he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly there shined around him a light from heaven. And he fell on the earth and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? You see the question right there that Jesus asks? Who is he persecuting? Okay. Who is Paul persecuting? The church. And Jesus took that personal. Why are you persecuting me? Because the church is the bride of Christ. You persecute the church, you're persecuting the groom. And look what it says right here, verse 5. And he said, who art thou? He knew who he was. Look what he says, Lord. And the Lord said, I am Jesus whom thou persecutest. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And I tell you what, right there. That moment, this zealot Pharisee, who was trying to get rid of the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, became a what? A believer. He knew exactly from that moment on that he must increase, he must decrease. Did he decrease in the life of Paul? No. God increased in the life of Paul, and Paul decreased, but didn't happen overnight. You follow that? If you do a study in the life of Paul, you're going to see it didn't happen overnight. Paul didn't came the super uh, uh, missionary overnight. It took time. He went, he put on the side of the desert. He worked, he built tents. He was in the church, in local church. He was learning and growing, and finally the Lord sent him. And then we see his missionary journey in sixth place. But you know what? Sometimes the decrease is a slow process. We have to die to self slowly, one step at a time. And it takes a lifetime. Listen, folks, as long as we have the sinful nature in us, it's always the process of decreasing and increasing. It's always that process. Okay? So we see this zealous uh, Pharisee testimony. Okay? Let's go to point number two. Okay? So we look at the person of Jesus. For him to increase and for me to decrease, I have to understand who he is. 
so I can allow him to increase in my life so I can decrease. Number two, about this increase and decrease, it happens when forgive the same way you want you have been forgiven. How we cannot let God increase in our lives if we try to do it on our forgiving heart. Okay? Okay. Let's do a survey. How forgiving you been this year? That's a hard one, isn't it? How many people hurt you this year? How many people hurt me? Did I forgive? Did I hold, do I hold a grudge? How can I increase if I don't have a forgiving heart? You see, we give all this time, all these days, all the way to the end of the year. Am I forgiving more now that I forgive then? Am I more willing to forgive now that I was willing to forgive then? I tell you what, we Christians have to be the most forgiving people on earth. But unfortunately, sometimes and many hold grudges because they don't let go of the, mm, the pain, in many cases, or, or the wrong that has been done to them. And they won't let go, and they hold on to it. And that would never, that is, I'm sorry, that is a stumbling block for us to in decrease in our Christian life and let God in, in God in, or Christ increase in our lives. Forgiveness is not a natural thing for any of us to do. Let me tell you this. Forgiveness is not something natural. Actually, getting even is the norm. Forgiveness is something that we must learn to do. That is the joy and the blessing of being a Christian is to learn how to forgive even those who don't like us, even those who hate us, even those who say, I'm your enemy. And to learn to forgive those people in Jesus' name is something, is the joy of being a Christian. It's to say, you might never forgive me, but I already forgive you in my heart. You follow that? You might go to the person and ask the person 20 times, will you forgive me? And the person will look at you with straight eyes and say, I will never forgive you. Don't come ever to me again. And you go again. You know what? When you put in your heart and say, Lord, I forgive that person. I let it go. We experience the joy and all of the Lord in our hearts. And God can increase in our lives because we do not hold grudges against anyone. Okay? Look what it says in Ephesians. Actually, go to Ephesians chapter 4. And let, look, look what the Lord is saying for us. Is a, a a wonderful, beautiful word right here in verse 31, in Ephesians chapter 4, uh, verse 31. Look at the verse if you have your Bible there. Look at that. It's a beautiful verse when it comes to this thing of forgiveness. Look what it says there. Are you ready for the, for the words? Because it's really a beautiful word. Look what it says. You ready? It's a big word. Let. You see the word? Let. It's a powerful word, little word, almost insignificant, but that word mm, drives the whole verse. Look what it says. Let. Let what? Look at the next word. All. Then describes bitterness, wrath, anger, 
clamor, evil speaking. Let well, all that put away from you. And then the next beautiful word is, look at the next beautiful word. You ready for the next? Is verse 32. Look at the word. End. You see the verse? <laughs> Let all the stuff go. Look at verse 32. End. And what? You let all this stuff go, and you fill your heart, be kind one to another. You see? Tender-hearted. But what is that? Forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. Does that mean when you forget, when you forgive, that you forgot? No. Didn't we learn this morning in Sunday school about wisdom and test the spirits? We have to be wise. Because you forgive doesn't mean you forgot. It doesn't mean when we forgive, you mean you don't hold that against that person anymore. You clean it up. I said, I have nothing against you. But for us to say, I forgot, we align to ourselves. Because the potential might be there to do something. So we have to be wise how we, from now on, commute with that person and that person. But forgive, we forgive. It says, end, beautiful word, end, forgiving. Look what it says, be kind one to another. Tender heart, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. I like that word, and be kind. You know what? Because I cannot make you be kind to me. I can't. I cannot control your behavior, but I can control mine. When it says be kind, like, you know what? I can be kind, even though you're not kind. You see, it's a beautiful verse right here. No, when we look at this, okay, let's do a little um, review right here. Let. Okay, not thinking in your mind. I'm not going to point fingers at anybody. Did I let go of bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking this year about others? Did I did that? See, I'm pointing at myself. Okay? Did I do that? And did I allow kindness? Did I have a forgiving heart towards others? You see that? Did I let go itself and let God be God? You follow that? God's forgiveness is full of mercy because we don't deserve any forgiveness at all. But He wants us as infallible, as, as fallible people, as sinful creatures to forgive the same way He forgives. I don't know, God forgives in a way that I can never forgive, but God wants us to forgive anyway. So did I been more forgiving? As I get to this end of this year, the last day of the year, did I forgive more today than I forgive then? Or did I just fill my heart with malice and, and unkindness and evil speaking and all kinds of stuff? Did I just continue in the same path? You see, that's how you measure he did increase, I did decrease. Or I increase and he did decrease. It's based on what we did through the year. Number three, love as you are loved. 
loved as you are loved. Let me put it this way. Okay. So you understand this. In John chapter 15, verse 12, it says, This is my commandment, that ye love one another as I loved you. Right? This is Jesus speaking. Jesus said, you are to love one another the way I loved you. Now look what it says in, <coughs> excuse me, 1 Corinthians 13, 4. Charity is an old English word for love. Look what it says. Love suffered long and is kind. Love in not. Love vaunted not itself, is not puffed up. Do not behave himself unseemly. Seeking not her own, is not easily provoked. Think it no evil. Rejoice not iniquity, in, in not in iniquity, but rejoice in the truth. Bear it all things, believe it all things, hope it all things, endure it all things. That's love. And that's a love that comes directly from the arms of God. Okay, so. Okay, when we started this year, right in the beginning of the year, okay? Let's, let's look back to the beginning of the year. Do you have any doubt in your heart that God did not love you? You knew God loved you, right? There's something in your mind like God loves me. Even right now you can say, well, God loves me. I know he loves me. I'm loved by God. Good. Do we comprehend the love of God? I mean, the love of God is bigger than any person in this world can love you. God's love is unconditioned. It is not by limitations of us. God loves us unconditionally. No matter how broken you are, no matter how wretched you are, God loves you. No matter, even if you say to God, I don't want your love, I don't want your salvation, God says, I still love you. That's the love of God. Now, we know God continues to love us this way, there's no doubt. Okay, now we come to this. Jesus said, look what it says, a new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another as I have loved you. Here's the question. I'm going to ask myself, not you. I'm going to ask me. <laughs> Do I love my brothers and sisters more than I loved in the beginning of the year? That's a good question. 365 days later, do I love my brothers and sisters in Christ more than I loved them when I started the new year? When January 1st, 2023 started, and today... January 31st, 2023, do I love my brothers and sisters in Christ more now than I love them then? Or that I love, do I love myself more than I love anybody else now? You see, where I am right now on this, there's no doubt that the commandment is there. But we're not robots. Because Love is made by a choice. God chooses to love us regardless. And God commands us to love us, others regardless. Some people are not very lovable. <laughs> That's the truth. But again, many of us are not very lovable and God loves us. No, my, the question is, here going again, back to me, because I'm not going to point at you. Do I love my brothers and sisters more now that I love them then? Okay? Okay. Let's move forward a little bit. Number four. 
be a student of God's word. In order for God to increase and I decrease, I need to know him through his word. Well, the church offers what? We have Sunday morning, Sunday school. We study the Bible. We study in a typical way, different topics that we use. We have our morning worship, our evening worship. We have Wednesday night Bible study. Right. You know, okay, so we have all these things. But on top of that, am I, again, I'm pointing at me, am I a student of God's word? Did I learn more about God as of now that I, do I know my God, more about God now than I knew when I started the year? You follow that? Did I really study his word? Was I a student at all? A student is a person that studies, right? That's why we call students, because <laughs> we study. Well, there's good students and bad students. Anyway, what is the thing? Be a student of God's word, of his word. Did I study his word? Did I really learn something from the, the word of God this year? I, I'm, I'm better equipped as a Christian right now than I was then. Am I? I want to point that out. Am I a better student now than I was then? If I, if I am, then he, he, cre he increased in this area of my life, and I decreased because I have more knowledge of him. If I did not, then I increased and he decreased. You follow that? You say, Pastor, but listen. If you are not a student of God's word this year, which coming to an end in a few hours, guess what? Tomorrow... It's a new beginning. Start afresh, start anew. Don't be discouraged when you read the first chapter and you say, oh, I have this whole Bible to read. Students don't look at that. Students, they study. Okay? All right. Let's go to the next one. Be a man or a woman of prayer. Be careful for nothing, but everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving be, let your request be made known unto God. Prayer is a wonderful privilege, okay? We have a wonderful privilege uh, given to us by God. Uh, be, uh, <laughs> uh, but is the thing. Prayer in many Christians is a lost art. Why? Because they're not praying. Or they never pray. Now, as you look back, as I look back, towards the beginning of the year and towards right now, can I say to myself, I'm a man of prayer more than I was then? I really spend more time talking to my Heavenly Father and pray about all kinds of different things, talking to Him about all different situations now than I was then. Oh, actually, I used to pray more than I pray now. So he comes to the skill again. Did it increase in the area of prayer in my life or did it decrease? But Pastor, where should I pray about it? Oh, I can give you a whole journal full of things. to, to and, and if you ask the Holy Spirit of God, He will tell you what to pray for. The Bible says that He teaches us. But in the area of prayer, did the Lord increase in my life? Did I decrease? You see, it's those things that goes through all the whole year on which we have to do a survey and say, this thing really happened? 
is God having victory over my life over this? Or it does not. You see, prayer is a wonderful thing because God, the Lord Jesus, taught us how to pray. He was asked, how teach us how to pray, and he taught us how to pray. And we ought to pray. Here's the thing. Am I praying more now than I prayed then? Is my prayer life better now than it was then? Or do I really even pray at all? As a pastor, I don't have time to pray for one hour, two hours. There's nobody will put a, a time slot on prayer. Prayer is talking to our Heavenly Father whenever the moment, whatever is that connection that we have with Him throughout our day about always communicating with Him. Let me put it this way. Do you think God is interested about you loading insignificant <laughs> things of your life? You think God really cares, really wants to know? Yeah. What about the big projects that you have? You think God is interested on you talking to him about that? Of course. You know, the problem is a lot of times we don't share as much as we should uh, to, to the Lord the things that we should pray about. But anyway, did I increase in the area of prayer more than I uh, have in the past? Did God increase in my life in this area? Did I decrease when it comes to prayer? Letter number five, be sincere with God. Be sincere with God. In today's society, it's hard to find someone who is actually sincere. You never know who you talk with because people are so, you know, hold their words in our society, and sometimes it's hard to tell who's telling, who's telling you the truth. What we find in society full of people very suspicious of each other. Uh, why such a phenomenon? When we take God out of, the, of everything in, this, in society, moral absolutes begin to decay, and eventually you will have a dishonest society. We live in a society on which most people don't trust each other. People don't trust people's words. People don't always suspicious. It's, uh, they, if somebody even do something nice to you, people go, oh, what's the catch? That is a sad society to live in. No. What about our sincerity towards God? Okay. He must increase. I must decrease. Do I trust God more today than I trust Him in the beginning of the year? Let me point that finger at me. Do I trust God more today than I did in the beginning of the year? Am I sincere with God more today than I was in the beginning of the year? Do I doubt Him? Do I doubt His promises? Or I trust Him more now? You see, the sincerity that we have to have with God. Remember in the beginning? Who is Jesus? Who is He to me? In order for me to, for Him to, in order for Jesus to increase in my life, for him to increase and I decrease, I have to understand who he is. So now that I understand who he is, am I honest with him? Okay. Oh, Pastor, nobody is perfect. I understand nobody is perfect. What I'm saying is, am I more sincere with him today than I was then? I'm not saying I'm perfect. You follow that? Because none of us is perfect. 
But the sincerity right here goes, am I more sincere with him? Do I trust him more today than I did back then? If you did, he's increasing in your life. You have more trust towards your God. If he didn't, you are not trusting him as much. He's decreasing, you are increasing. So, but sincerity is something that we need to have towards God. So, you say, well, but can I start that over? Of course you can. Saw that today. Am I sincere towards God? So, we see right here is the things that Aaron is doing this review, uh, master, so to speak, about him increasing and us decreasing is areas of our lives on which I, I didn't even touch in here, on which you can say the same thing. It is God. For an example, I can say like this. All right, let's look at, talk about gossip. Some people are big gossip, but I'm not saying anybody here is a gossip. Don't misunderstand me here. Let me put the finger at me. Lord, do I gossip less today than I did in the beginning of the year? Do I really rely on you and trust your word to a point that I don't, everything I hear, I make it as true and, and, can, and can, stay, can, can, can stop or go tell everybody about it, even I don't even know if it's true or not. So, am I less of a gossiper today as I was back then? If I am a less, a less gossiper, then guess what? Then he is increasing on this area of my life. I'm talking, talking about being a thief. I'm talking about being a liar. I'm thinking of being all kinds of different names on things and issues that we have in our lives. Does God have victory on this area, on this area, on this area? And which areas do I have on which he must increase and I must decrease. You follow that? Because it's what happens here. There are areas in your life, they are hard for you, but they're not necessarily hard to me. You follow that? I might struggle with something, and you look at me and go, oh, I don't know, that's, not, that's not a big deal. Well, it might not be to you, but it is to me. But you might be areas in your life and what you say, oh, this is hard, and I say, Really? You see what I'm saying? Because we have different weakness as people. Now, the question is, and we have to ask ourselves, Lord, this weakness and this weakness and this weakness and this weakness that I have, Lord, I want you to, you, you to increase on these areas so I can decrease, so I can have victory over those things. And that's what I touched about a couple of things here, but there's many others where I could put here in this outline. But I'm trying to make a point. Yeah, I think you're understanding. But it comes right to the first point. The first point is this. When I understand who Jesus is, then I understand the rest of it because that's what happened to John. That's what happened to, to Paul. And when they, that's what happened to those people, to, 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 to Peter as well. When they understood who Jesus was, then they can say, Lord, that now because I know who you are, I'll let you increase I must decrease because I know who you are now. I think that the same thing goes to all of us. When we really understand who he is, then we understand what increase really means. He must increase. And, of course, there's a lot of areas of our life. Listen, folks, it's so a vast majority of many things that we have as human beings on which God didn't even have a victory over that, those things yet. But slowly, as we go from day to day, Let's give it to him. Let's give it to him. Let's give it to him and say, Lord, Lord, have victory on this and this and this and this and this. Increase on these things in my life so I can decrease. 
You get it, what I'm saying here? So that's uh, reviewing a message. I mean, we're talking about this increase and decrease right here. And, and uh, John could not see it any better than all of us because he, he saw it, he understood, and we understood he spoke up out of it. So, John the Baptist's words, he must, I conclude with this, must increase and I must decrease are profound words. Those words speak of a wanting, listen to this, desire to grow in the, uh, that grows in the heart of each one of us. It's got to be a wanting desire. Listen, I cannot make you want God to increase in your life. You have to want that for yourself. You follow that? I can say you need to do this. I can say maybe I should do that. Ultimately, it comes to a choice that you and I make to say, Lord, I want more of you. When you say that, you're making a choice for God to be more in you than you are on yourself. You follow that? That's what John did. Like, he must increase. He must, he must become so big in my life, and I must be so small. And that's a choice that you and I make that I cannot make for you. I have to make my own choice as well. Because guess what? I am a sin as much as you are. And we all need God's forgiveness. So my advice to you for this coming year is for you to start with Jesus. Start with Jesus. You know, we're not going to meet until next, uh, next Sunday. It will be in the 7th of January. But does not mean you, can't, you have to start with Jesus the 7th? Start with Jesus on the 1st. You know, start your year with Jesus. How do you do that? Prayer, Bible reading, I think is a good way to start. Start your day with God and your day with God. Each day, give it to the Lord. Listen, don't misunderstand. Just because you give your day to the Lord doesn't mean that everything's going to be fine. Everything's going to be good. Bad days will come. Hurtful days will come. Defeated days will come. They will come. Listen, I tell you something too. Just talking about, if I do a survey in my own life this year, I have a lot of stepping stones and, and discouragement that happened in my own life this year. But God was good. By the way, folks, I like that hoodie you give me. <laughs> God is always good. You know, he, I mean, I was actually, I wear that thing all day long yesterday, and I, I wear very proudly of, my, of the people of East Bay Baptist Church. I really did. You know what? God is always good, regardless of what we go through. I mean, I had some hard days in this year. I'm not saying this for you to... For you to, I'm not saying this for you to feel bad for me. It just is the truth. I had some hard issues and hard days in this, this year. But God is good. And God got us through it. God got us through it. You know how hard for me it was to be here singing on Christmas Day on my mother's birthday? I tried not to think about it because if I thought for one second, that would be the end of it. Emotionally, I, would become, I, would, I couldn't take it. But you know what? God is good. He got me through it. He even gave me the voice to sing <laughs> when I was sick. But anyway, see, what I'm saying right here, how can I start this new year? Can I, can he increase and I decrease? Yeah, there's many areas of our life on which he can increase. And the ones that we think, Lord, you don't have victory in those areas yet, let's give it to him. So he can have victory in those things in our lives so it can make us better people. It's for our own good. So my advice to you this year is start your day with Jesus 
and end your day with Jesus. Prayer should be essential. Bible reading, Bible study. Uh, be a student of God's word. How oh, wonderful. I'm, I'm, you know what? I'm excited about it. 66 books I'm going to study again. Are you with me? Let's do it. Let's do it. And, and I know some of you check with me, Pastor, where chapter are you? <laughs> where chapter are you? I'm, like, I'm in this chapter and sometimes like, oh, I'm feeling, falling behind you. You know what? Listen, it's not a challenge. It's a motivation. You know, like, you know, somebody texts me, oh, Pastor, what chapter are you? I'm in this chapter. Oh, I'm in this. Oh, you are like three books ahead of me. <laughs> you know, it's a motivation. It is good. We motivate each other. You know, iron sharpened iron, you know, here. We motivate each other. And it is all good. You know why? Because as the, years prog- as the days progress, as the, we come to the end of the year, and then we say, like, that was a good journey. God was good. I know I'm all about my God. I said, oh, I read my Bible so many times. Okay, read it again. Oh, but I read about 20 times. Read it 21 times. And when you finish 21 times, read it 22. It is good. Do I have to finish the whole thing in one year? If you can, if you cannot, take two years. <laughs> it's, not, it's, not, it's not like, you know, set of rules that shall finish the Bible in one year. Where did you find that in the Bible? Just be a student of God's word. That's what God wants us to do. So we can be better people. Okay? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for this, uh, just this review message that was preached in the beginning of the year. Lord, when John openly said he must increase, I must decrease. Lord, there's many areas in our, of our lives, Lord, on, on which I personally confess you did not increase yet. And please forgive me, Lord. You need to increase in those areas of my life. And I want your help because I cannot do this by myself. Lord, please help me and help my brothers and sisters here because they're in the same situation, they have their own issues, their own things. And I pray for them. Pray for, Lord, that they will, they will allow you to increase in, in every area of their lives. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.